0: All right. I was thinking about Hanukkah and I considered how the Maccabees and the Jewish people got into a real mess with being persecuted and their freedoms were diminished. And I was thinking, well, was God sovereign uh, in, during this? Well, was this his will uh, or was it the people's sin or did God just say, uh, okay, you got yourself into mess. I'll turn it around for good. Uh, what are the lessons? To be learned here. Prior to Antiochus, the the people were enjoying themselves. They had freedom to be Jewish and freedom to blend into the society. Put into um, modern terms, they were doing well. You know, they had money, they dressed well, they ate well, they had a great future for their kids. Their families were accepted by the Syrian Greek families and culture. And they could accomplish almost anything because they had that freedom and finally found a place where they could be safe. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and in general having a good time. Wait a minute. That description sounds very familiar. Maybe... This is the way it is in the United States too. It says in Matthew twenty-four thirty-seven: for just as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving marriage until the day of Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and swept them away. Will we not understand until that time? We'll be going about our business, or, you know, taking our kids to wherever they have to go for their lessons and doing all the things that they need to do. We're going to be busy. We're going to be busy, busy, busy. And Will we be swept away similar to uh, the people in Noah's time, similar to the people of the Maccabees' time, similar to the people in Spain, similar to the people in Russia, similar to the people in Germany and Austria? It seems that we should learn something from history. And that is that being comfortable is the beginning of becoming very uncomfortable. And the more we focus on our comforts and don't realize that we have a responsibility with that comfort, the quicker the uncomfortable will get. So, how can we learn from history and not let this happen on our watch? Number one, and I'm sure some people here will grimace, when I say the word politics. Now, you might say politics and faith shouldn't mix, but the definition of politics is the science or art of governing. And I've got to tell you, I have just... I'm almost finished 2 Kings, so I've done, in the past few weeks, I've done 1 Kings and 2 Kings. Talk about depressing. That is got to be one of the more depressing books. And so in 2 Kings 13, 1 through 3, it says, in the 23rd year of Joash, son of King Ahaziah of Judah, uh, Joaz, uh, son of Jehu, uh, became king over Israel and Samaria, and he reigned 17 years. But he did what was evil in Adonai's eyes. Wouldn't you like to have money for every time in the book of the two books of Kings that it says? And he did evil in in the eyes of Adonai. And then it says he continued in the sins. And then it says he caused Israel to commit. And then he says so the so the anger of Adonai was kindled against Israel. Politics is important because we are putting somebody in charge of how the government runs our lives. And the government makes laws and allows our culture to either be pro-God or anti-God. Pro-believers or anti-believers. Pro-biblical values or anti-biblical values. This is the part of politics that matters. You do know where the word politics is derived from. Poly meaning many, and ticks meaning blood sucking bugs. We can't, <laughs> we can't allow ourselves to assimilate into a godless culture. Rabbi Ron spoke about assimilation last night, and it was so good in, in, in terms of what he said, but assimilation into a godless culture, what will stop it? Well, what will stop it is it requires us to be on fire for the Lord. It requires us to lead, and it requires us to be people of action rather than apathetic and lazy. In Revelation 3 verse 14 it says to the angel of messiah's community in Lodicea, write thus says amen the faithful and true witness the originator of god's creation i know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot oh that you were either cold or hot so because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot i'm about to spew you out of my mouth for you say, I am rich, and I have made myself wealthy, and I need nothing. But you do not know that you are miserable, pitiable. Is that a word? Pitiable? It is? Yeah, I guess so. Pitiable, right. And poor, and blind, and naked. The, the point here is that God does not like us to be in the middle just having no, no, um, no passion We need to have passion for Him. So the solution is Hanukkah. It means dedication. We're to dedicate ourselves to God. The miracle of Hanukkah this year should be that we have an unquenchable thirst for the Lord. Dedication to the Lord as our primary focus And everything we are and everything we do should come from our relationship with the Lord. I can't guarantee what will happen in the United States in the next 20 to 50 years, though I must say that we see as Rabbi Ron said last night, that anti-Semitism is growing, anti-Christianity is growing, and, and we see it in our politics, we see it in our media, we see it in the people who have the front stage, we see it in, in our um, movies and TV people. So this is something we have to really be watchmen on the walls But I can guarantee that living a life as a servant of God, being fully dedicated to him and his ways will give you a better life. Regardless of what's going on around you. Dedication to God must look like something. Be radical today and ask God through the power of his spirit to show you how to love God as he would have you love show you how to love your neighbor as he would have you love them. And because Yeshua said in Matthew 22, the entire Torah and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, all of scripture hangs on these two commandments. So as we finish the celebration of Hanukkah tomorrow, I challenge you to understand what God wants of you. And let me just say that if we look at the dreidel here, there we go. We see the shin, the hay, the gimel, and the nun. Now, that actually, since that's going um, on, on the top from the right to the left, the nun is on the right, and the Gimel is the second and, and the third and so on. But in looking at the words that they represent, it's Nesgedol Sham, which means a great miracle happened there. And that's what we say because we are in the diaspora, meaning that we don't live in Israel. But people in Israel would be saying Nesgedol Hayapo. A great miracle happened here. And so there is a tendency to say a great miracle should happen to you. But really, we should be saying a great miracle should happen to me. Right here in my spirit, that's where the miracle needs to be. I shouldn't be worrying about you as much as I should be worrying about me being on fire for the Lord, me being dedicated to the Lord, because that's where it has to begin. So I'd ask you this, since I believe the miracle will start with you writing down the following. What in my life needs to happen in order for me to love God better? This is your homework. This is not a a hard question. You won't have to write it down. I think you'll be able to remember it. Just remember the first commandment, love God. Now, the question is, how can you love God better this next year? Write down one, two, three, five things that you can do to love God better. Second, the next one is... What in my life needs to happen in order for me to love people better? What can you do to love people better? Write some things down. Because I can guarantee you, as soon as this message is finished, you'll come up, well, one of you will come up and say, oh, that was a nice message. And then everybody else will forget the message and it'll be over, it'll be done, it'll be gone. So I'm asking you this week to answer these two questions and actually write something down and make yourself beholding to the answer. In other words, where you don't just do lip service and say to somebody, in fact, it would be great if you're married, even better, ask your spouse what they wrote down. If you're a child and you have parents here, then children, or children, old children, but children, uh, because I guess the little ones are uh, upstairs, but ask your parents what they wrote down. Parents, ask your kids what they wrote down. If you have a friend here, ask your friend what they wrote down. Then be careful, because they're going to ask you what you wrote down. If you are here all alone, see me at the end of service. I'll ask you. What you decided. Lord, as I dedicate myself to you, change me. Transform me. Cleanse me. Motivate me. Let me truly be a light in your menorah, reflecting your love to a dark and dying generation. If there is anybody here who does not know Yeshua as their Messiah, we dedicate our lives to God through having a personal relationship with Yeshua. So in order to dedicate your life to God, the first step is to say, I am sorry, I repent. God Forgive me. And by the way, this is not just for people who want to accept Yeshua as their Messiah, but this is also when we want to renew our relationship. In other words, some of us have been slacking off, so to speak. And so these same words can be used to re engage your relationship with God. So, number one, say, Lord, I'm sorry. And you can fill in the rest of what you're sorry for. Number two, you say, Lord, I believe. I receive Yeshua as my Messiah who will wash me clean of my sins. And number three, I am committed. I dedicate my life to you, Lord, and look forward to serving you and being a light to the world. And when you've said that, God's looking at your heart. He's not looking at your neighbor. He's not thinking about... He's, he's looking at your heart. And if you say that with your heart, God just comes in like a flood. And then you can rejoice, even in difficult times. And you can truly sense the love of God. So Lord, I pray right now in the name of Yeshua, as we close the service, Lord, pour out your spirit. I pray that people's hearts will melt. I pray, Lord, that you will touch their hearts and that there would not be a hard heart here that all the stony hearts would become as flesh, ready to say, Lord, forgive me. I bow to your wishes. I will follow you. I will be directed by you. I will love you. I will worship you. I will magnify you. I will make sure, Lord, that everything and anything that I do, I will acknowledge you. You will receive the glory. It won't be about me. So I bless you. Thank you, Lord. I praise you in the name of Yeshua. Amen.